You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. All right, everybody, here we go. We made it to Three Top, segment three of episode nine. Jared's still around. Yeah. We're going to have a guest top, actually, for this one. It's going to be interesting. We're going to have one top, guest top, and then kind of a van top. Malcolm and I are um, teaming up together. It's kind of a big topic we're going to talk about, so we're going to not make everyone have to listen for two hours. We'll just (laughs) smash it together (laughs) in in one top. So uh, we're going to do it in the order that we normally do. So what we're going to start off with is we've got Wonder Woman. One top. Fitness, two top, and Omni, van top. We'll be our van, we'll be our van top. So, um, yeah, Hayden, one top. Go ahead. All right. So I said uh, in part one that I would probably come back to the Wonder Woman thing, and here we are. Here we go. Mm. Um, so Wonder Woman's pretty awesome superhero. Um, so I was really going to talk about like how she came to be what she was. Um, so the first issue of Wonder Woman was in. Anybody know? I'm going to guess the late 40s. Early 40s. 41. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman are actually the only three superhero comics to be still in continuous run since their debut. So they never stopped. Never stopped. That's awesome. Huh. Wonder uh, Woman, Batman, Superman, you said? Mm-hmm. Those three. Uh, most people think... Who do you think of when you think of Wonder Woman? Um, the... The woman back from like the sixties and seventies. Um, Do you guys name? know who that is? What's her name? No idea. Debbie something? Is it Debbie? No, uh, uh, Linda Carter. Linda Carter. Yeah, she was I've a heard name. Suit smoke show. <laughs> her and Marilyn Monroe in the sixties, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Linda Carter took the job. Um, um, she was a perfect look for the character. That's kind of how she got the job. She was tall, just obviously a good-looking lady, athletic, probably. Met, yeah, had the right color hair. She was just like the perfect fit as far as someone in Hollywood at the time. But the second reason why she took the job, though, was because she knew that she would be such a role model for young women, and that was like very important for her mm-hmm. as a as an actress. So um, she obviously did. Uh, I was like, um, so most of this information I'm citing from is from a CBS News article, and they just ran a uh, a thing today about um, with an interview with her and her talking about you know. She didn't do it because she um, wanted women to look up to her. She she wanted it to be like uh, more of a, like her inspiration to you. Yeah, know. I saw the same thing on on TV. At least the interview. Right. She she didn't want women to envy her right. for her body or for her looks or anything like that. She wanted to be like you said, an inspiration to younger girls or to women in general, mm-hmm. which kind of went in line with the you know the idea. That the magazine creators had in creating the character of Wonder Woman. Right. So, here's where she kind of comes from. So, DC Comics, um, you know, back in the 40s, early 40s, I guess you could say. We'll say 1940. We'll go 40. (laughs) Uh, So, they were concerned about comics getting too violent for children. Um, They were always a woman in distress, and she was almost on the verge of death, and there was always a hero that came through, and it was always some sort of scary thing that was going on whatever you want to call it but they were just they started to get the idea that this is just a little too violent we need to lighten it up a little bit but also expand our base right um so they got an expert in uh 
this dude named um, William Marston, and he's like a PhD psychiatrist. Um, also quite the feminist as far as a psychiatrist are concerned. Um, but what his idea for them was that they needed a female superhero. She needs to be a pacifist, and she needs to fight for democracy, equal rights for women, and her superpower should be love, truth, and beauty. And that's exactly what they did. See, when I think of Wonder Woman, <clears throat> that kind of goes in line with what I think back then. You said 1940s? Yeah, 41 was her first so, issue. I'm pretty sure Rosie the Riveter was mm-hmm. around that time, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when you see posters of, yes, we can, yes, we can do it, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, they were trying to, that strong woman. You can woman. do it. <laughs> you know, the strong, independent, I don't need a man to always yeah. rescue me kind Kinda of Yeah, kind of goes in line together. Yeah, because it was during war. You know, yeah. it was during yeah. World War Two. So, so he had a little bit of attachment to some other feminists in history. So this is kind of just a little, uh, little linkage here. So uh, William Marston, you know, who I said you know was the psychiatrist involved in helping develop uh, Wonder Woman. Um, he was married. Um, he had a wife. Actually, I didn't write down her name, but he had a wife. But he also had a mistress. And so this was like a little family secret that actually was not public knowledge. And so it was him, his wife, and his mistress. Her name was Olive Byrne. They all lived in the same house, and they raised four children together. So almost like a little polygamy thing going on, except for he had his wife and her mistress. And I guess because he had a kid with his mistress, and his wife was just like, well, we have to take care of this kid. Like, let her be here. And they lived their life that way. (laughs) Like, I'm not divorcing you. No. And they lived their life that way. Um, So... But Olive Byrne, his mistress, her aunt was Margaret Sanger. Do you know who that is? No. Well, I mean, I feel like I should, she, but it's not yeah, ringing a bell. Do. You do. She's the lady that founded Planned Parenthood. Okay. So she was the the big fit, the women's rights advocate that helped start Planned Parenthood. So. And what was his relation to her again? Uh, his mistress, Olive Byrne, Margaret Sanger was her aunt. Oh, wow. Okay. So... Just so. a little small world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Linkage there was really what that Hanging was Hanging out about. at a party. Oh, yeah, you know. Like you know? the niece. Um, so b- this is just some cool imagery that um, Marson brought to the table. Was He was inspired by a protest at Harvard College. And what he witnessed was it was during the suffrage movement, you know, in the early 1900s. And he watched all these women chain themselves to the front doors of Harvard College and it just kind of like clicked in his mind like women breaking through the change or breaking through the chains um, to emancipate themselves like to be free voting Americans and have the same rights as everyone else and he took that image and so you probably won't realize it but if you go back and you look at all the artwork for Wonder Woman and almost every issue there's an imagery of her busting out of chains and breaking breaking chains that she's bound by. And that's literally a direct imagery that, that Martin Marston added to the whole, to her thing. Which makes sense. I mean, just because the people that read comics, they look at the symbolism of things like that, of the pictures yeah. and the yeah. artwork and <clears throat> the situations that the, that the character or the superhero is put in or, makes it through or things like that right so um one cool thing about wonder woman is no one ever rescues her she's always rescuing someone else or herself no matter what trouble she's in 
she's always the one that comes out on top herself. For sure. Like Batman's had to be right. rescued many times and yep. Superman and all that. Yeah. Um, another cool thing she had, and this was to go along with her superpower, was her gold whip. You guys know the, mm, yeah, the, the yeah. gold whip? It's kind of it's kind of funny. Like in the old show, she would wrangle up somebody with the whip and then just, they have to tell the truth. I was about to say, isn't that the whip of truth yeah, or something? Yeah, the whip of yeah. truth. And so if she gets you with the whip, no matter what you, you do, you can't resist telling her the truth. And so she always gets the bad guy to give her the information she needs and whatever. But, um, but I thought that was a really cool thing. That That's like... Her superpower is truth. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I'm um, trying to think of how my daughter would, or little kids would take, you know, something like that. Like the thought about lying, you know, yeah. there's a superhero that has the ability to whip the truth out of you, literally. So <laughs> Here's something interesting that I just thought about. Do you think that they were, I mean, maybe I'm completely off top off here, but do you think that they did that? Like that was her superpower because of one of the figures of truth. At least in, I think, Greek and Roman mythology is a female. That's one? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a female. She's, she comes out of a well to force people to tell the truth. Huh. I didn't know that one. That's pretty awesome. I mean, maybe. I don't, that could, I don't know. Maybe I'm just making crap up. But I don't know. We'll look that up. That's something interesting to look at. At least I think it's in Greek and Roman mythology. And I think that's, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it stands for. So... Do you, so obviously in this time, women, almost all women wore dresses and skirts, right? You didn't see women in pants or shorts or anything like that. And so Marston's wife basically told him she can't be in a skirt. And she like made that like a demand, like to her husband, like if you're going to make, help them make this character, she can't wear a skirt. And And she goes, because if she was a real superhero fighting around and she had a skirt on, her skirt would just be over her head. <laughs> that was like her little, literally exact quote was that she can't wear a skirt because it'd just be over her head. So it's it's like, uh, how do you say the word? It's like a type of short. It's like a C-O-U-L-E-T-T-E-S. I don't know how you say that word, but it's a word that they Coulette? use. I guess. That's the word they use to describe her bottoms. Okay. In the early issues, but it's not a skirt. Kind of like bloomers for cheerleaders. Yes, you know, high waisted exactly, bloomers. That's exactly kind of what they like. <clears throat> yeah, um, but they're not a skirt. No, so that was a big thing. Um, so, so I'll put her in a bathing suit instead. You yeah, don't want, you don't want a skirt. We'll put her in her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was more the rendition of like the TV one. She'll be like a the, superhero and the, be the like, bikini bottom style outfit she had on, but. Oh yeah, yeah from yeah, the yeah. '70s show. But again, sure. that's like what most people when you think because the comic Woman, book looks see. more like a tennis skirt, looks Correct. more like yes. skorts. Yeah, like it's know? actually shorts, technically. But like you said, they're kind of like fluffy bloomer style thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it really had a hold and a following. Um, they sold over 2.5 million comics a month once she was out. Um, and then Marston died in 1947. Um. And Wonder Woman kind of changed a little bit. It kind of got updated over the years and kind of fell. It fell a little low of like its original meaning. Um, but it is just one of those comics that's it's ran all the way to today. And they, you know, they're still making them. And they just made a blockbuster movie about it. And it's the number one ranked women directors movie ever. Is Wonder Woman the most popular uh, female superhero? Most definitely. Mm. Is there any, what's second? <clears throat> well, the the problem is, there's not many of them. I know that's I can't even think of one. Well, I mean, it would take a while. 
There's I don't the, think Black there's, Widow or Catwoman would be up Catwoman there. Catwoman would be Catwoman's the, there. Storm from X Men. Storm. Storm I, that's good. the one I was about to say. Uh, I said Storm was probably Rogue up there. from X Men. Yeah. Phoenix from X Men. Yeah. So they're all X Men. Yeah. I guess Marvel was a little ahead, farther ahead of the game. Wasn't there a female version of the Green Lantern too? I'm sure there was. There's a lot of Green. Uh, there's a lot of. Well, yeah, female versions like female embodiments Hulk of Green Lantern, and yeah, female Spider Man. Yeah. So, but either way, yeah, Wonder Woman's by far number one. I'm ready to go see it for sure. So, same. Uh, just by the way, when I was talking about, it was Veritas. She was um, in Roman mythology. Veritas, which means truth in Latin, um, was the goddess of truth, a daughter of Saturn, and the mother of. Looks like. Vertus, I'm assuming. Okay. Is what it says. So she was, so the, I don't know if... The God of Truth. Yeah, she was the God of Truth. Interesting. In Roman mythology, so... That's cool. Maybe that was it, maybe that's not, maybe I'm just... I wonder... Mm. Now, Wonder Woman did have powers like Superman in that she could fly. No, she, she couldn't fly. She had the invisible plane. Okay. She could jump, she, she had she like... She jump she, super high. She was super strong, too, yes. Yeah. So she had incre- incredible strength. Um, she could jump really high, but she couldn't fly like Superman. But hmm. she had the invisible plane, huh. which was—I mean—it's an easy way to fix that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, she can't fly, but I'm just saying she's got an invisible plane. You, there's it. like there's that Family Guy skit where uh, she's sitting, like I guess it's like a runway, and she's sitting there, and she's like just sitting there, and all you see is her floating in the air, and a guy comes walking up, and he's like. Oh hey Wonder Woman, whatever, and and she's just like, uh, this is weird, but I'm actually in the lavatory of the invisible right now. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, sorry. Oops. <laughs> and then good. he's like, and then she like gets up and goes back to the cockpit, and he's just like, I can't help but say, but you didn't wash your hands. <laughs> it's good, but that's funny. But yeah, there's a million other things you can talk about Wonder Woman, but uh, you know, it's uh, that's all I got to have on. That's all I got on it. Cool, cool. We're ready for guest top. I think it's time for guest top. All right, guest top. And our guest top was gonna be fitness, right? That's that, right. We said fitness, like fitness, like working out, fitness, like not fitness, like yeah, not like fitness eggplants, kind of difficult. <laughs> <laughs> No, or nothing need, like that. I need, I need a fitness big truck into that little spot. <laughs> yeah. I like hashtag well, whole... fitness eggplant. <laughs> oh, Tell us about your fitness. Okay, so basically what I'm going to be talking about is, is I'm just going to just go over some points of just things that are kind of a little convoluted in, in fitness and things that I just think that can be a little cleared up that there's a lot of stuff about them, but I'm not necessarily sure if it's necessarily the truth about that. Um, one of the things I was going to bring up was Bill Nye. That came from the first episode. Okay. Bill Nye, Mr. Bill Nye and his... Don't uh, hate on my man. I'm not going to hate on your man. I'm not hating because I love Bill Nye. Don't get me wrong. I love Bill Nye. But there was one of on his new series on Netflix. He had an episode where he was talking about diets and nutrition and, and things like that. And he started off really strong. He started off incredibly strong saying, okay, here's a calorie. Here's what it is. And here's what scientifically, here's what it does. And then I think they kind of took a little bit of a wrong turn and they just kind of said, okay, well, here's diets and why diets are bad. And never really touched much more on scientific – the like science behind what diets nutrition – Diets in general? Yeah. Like diets in general, they just were talking about like, well, okay, here fad diets and these crazy fad diets. And, and they I never really – never was, said anything more science. Like there was never a, another bit of science 
involved in what he was talking about. I think they spent more time trying to stress the fact that shortcuts don't exist when it comes right. to diet and nutrition. Like the fad diets are always some sort of get skinny in six weeks yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But all you got to do is drink this tea. Yeah, or- drink this apple cider vinegar and I get ripped. Yeah. Like, no, that's not how it, that's not how it works. That's not going to – there's no such thing like that. And – and upon rewatch, I watched it again, and I was like, "Okay, I kind of, I kind of get it now." But like my first initial watch through, I was like, "What the hell is going on here? Like, what is this?" And the experts that they brought on too were kind of frustrating too, because they had a, a, a fitness trainer, which you know she didn't say much, she didn't have much input, which is kind of frustrating on from my stand, being becoming a fitness trainer myself, that she had no real input, no information to give. And then the other one was a comedian, and then a psychologist. So the only relevant pundit they had basically was one fitness trainer. And in my opinion, they could have put another trainer or another person involved, at least in sports hey, medicine or something. I believe a psychologist is totally relevant. I'm talking about panel. the I'm talking about the comedian. Okay. I you was know, saying they needed to they needed to or replace the comedian with somebody. Or replace the comedian with someone that's like hardcore holistic weird diets that well, are gonna the, well that too you know what i mean had that dude's point there is there is a much there could have been a much better choice than that and, you know what i mean because yeah. that's that's what makes it more fun is not just yeah. three people sitting around trash talking something yeah. it's like get the people that are there to trash talk but also have the other guy that can speak up right because that's how a lot of the other episodes go mm-hmm. is they'll have you know the one guy that's on the other side the sure. devil, the, the devil's advocate yeah and I mean, it doesn't normally and, work out too well for that person. Like, God bless them for coming to get you know owned on some stuff from time to time. Right. But, but you know, yeah. they didn't do that for that. They one. didn't do that for that. They had like a comedian. You said, a that comedian didn't, doesn't that really didn't make have sense. any kind of relevance. And so, like, that was what was frust- That was kind of frustrating to me. But overall, like, I think the psychologist had made great points. Like, she made a great, and and there was some good things in that episode. That you know was talking about like the psychology behind it. Yeah, it's difficult. You know, dieting is tough, you know, and training and, and working out is tough, those kind of things. What she was saying was relevant. That was great. But I think where he just, where the whole show, that episode itself missed was it never underlined the basis of, okay, these fad diets don't work because of this. And here's why they don't work. Because at the basis of it, here it is calories are king and. And explain what that does to your body and, and this kind of thing. So I think they could have done better, honestly. In, in my personal opinion, like I said, I'm not a nutri- I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not certified for it, but I think they could have done it in a in a better way to explain it to people that aren't necessarily informed about it. Um, and, you know and, what? You know what I liked that he did the little visual thing of where he had the bowl of broccoli, and then he yeah. had, what was it? The, it was broccoli. And then something, and then really, something else, and he lit them on fire. Something really yeah. fatty, yeah. Uh, and it was, but it was basically like three different things and three different levels of caloric value, right? And he took a blowtorch and set them on just, fire, yeah, and just blasted them. The, and you the like more, couldn't light the broccoli on fire because the more calories it has, the more the, the more, more stored catch on fire. Yeah, the more stored heat energy, the more stored it has. heat energy it has. So there, there were <laughs> some things that were awesome in that episode, and then there was for the, but for the most part, I was like, man, you're missing a straight point. You didn't talk about the fact why these fad diets don't work. So you're just saying, okay, these diets don't work. But for the most general population, tell them why. Right. So tell them why these fad diets don't work because calories are king. At the end of the day, if you want to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. If you're going to gain weight, if you're going to get big and you're going to put mass on, you need to be in a calorie surplus. Plain, simple, doesn't matter. Every diet out there, whether it's keto, 
whether it's paleo, whether it's you know whatever you want, whatever diet there is, mm-hmm. it's, you, it's about being in a caloric deficit. What if do you you're feel, lose what do you feel about the like the poot the poot food <laughs> food food pyramid that like the FDA suggests? What do you think about that? I know like. Because there's been a lot of like uproar about that lately. That it's right. like more of a corporate engineered list than it is a you, like real legit what your body thing, truly what needs. Your, exactly. What you truly need. Yeah. I mean, I think in, in essence, we we as humans and what we need, we need significant amounts of protein. We need a sufficient amount of protein to keep our bodies working and our muscles. You know to to not lose muscle, we need to have a significant amount of protein in our system. We need to intake that. Now, we have to have carbs. That's another thing. We have to have carbs. There's no way around it. You need that if you're going to create energy. If your body's going to create energy, it needs carbs. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't need excess amounts of carbs, but it needs them. So diets diets that cut out carbs completely are, uh, in my opinion, just completely wrong. Yeah. Even in ketogenic, where it's low carb, you're still eating 50 to 100 grams of carbs a day. Which is still, I mean, not a significant amount. But if you're working out, you're right. using those carbs. Absolutely, you're. That's in, in, in essence, you're eating enough car. You, you know, eating enough carbs to function and to give you energy. So, but like I said, at the at the end of it all, the thing I think where they miss the most and where the convolution happens in today's society of like, okay, these diets, 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 do this, do this diet and you'll get skinny and ripped in four Your weeks or whatever. Your doctor doesn't want you yeah, to know Yeah, you doctor this. doesn't want to know this. Oh, the gym, who's got time for that? I saw that on Facebook. There was one of those little ads or whatever I was scrolling through and it said, the gym, ain't nobody got time for that. And it was talking about some, some guy was drinking apple cider vinegar with the supplement. Combine it in water and I got ripped and shredded in four weeks from this crap. Like, Really? Did yeah. you? Like, come on. Uh, and so the, fake the, news. the thing to me, <laughs> yeah, like, fake news. I guess I'm going to say there's just so much convolution around that in, in the fitness and stuff. And with diet and nutrition, so plain and simple, if you want to lose weight, you have to be in a caloric deficit. You have to be, if you want to gain weight, you have to be in a calorie surplus. Now, and those calories need to come from carbs and protein and healthy fats. There's nutrition and diet, the baseline of it. Now, there's, it's a lot more science involved in it, but that's the baseline of, of right. nutrition and science. I'm back behind it, and they, I think they missed it. But And then one other thing that I want to touch on with the convolution and stuff is supplements. I think supplements are given way too much credence mm-hmm. in, in today's day and age. Like, you know, we'll take this pill and you'll get, like you said, yeah. take this pill and you'll get shredded. Have you ever tried oh, no. Soylent? Mm-mm. Do you know what it is, though? And I have no idea. Okay, it's like uh, this company that came out that made – they essentially took the FDA's food pyramid and broke that down into literally a liquid meal that has <laughs> the exact the exact ratio of all those things in it. And it essentially is a – they don't recommend, like, total just that and, right. no, and no real food. Yeah. Like, they still say have real meals from yeah. time to time. But you can essentially just – totally just have that yeah. but it's like breakfast lunch and dinner what? it's got calories on the mm. bottle so you know exactly how many calories you're having it tells you exactly everything in it but it's it's based upon an exact ratio of what the food pyramid says you're supposed to have so basically you drink one it is 100 percent a complete wow. nutrition wise meal like that is recommended never heard of that and you can have as many as you want depending on your calorie intake right well see here's the thing and here's why i think diets nowadays don't work is um should I just completely forgot my thought. 
Uh, why fad diets don't work? Why, yeah, why oh, – I guess why, yeah. Why fad diets don't work, thank you, um, is essentially its adherence. It's being able to sustain that diet all the way through. And that's why I think the food pyramid, pyramid is in, in a way correct because it includes your sweets. It includes your dairy. It includes those kinds of things because those things in moderation are okay. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. With, with a fad diet, you're thinking – <clears throat> okay, what am I going to quit? Cold turkey. Exactly. And everyone knows that quitting anything cold turkey, if it's just a cigarette or um, a bottle of Coke, it's going to be hard to do yeah. no matter what. So, And that's why I think a lot of people get disappointed when they start fad diets and, and they, they get into it and like, okay, I'm doing so well. And then all of a sudden, well, I can't do this anymore. Or, or like, oh, I lost six pounds so fast. Yeah. It was so easy. I'm going to keep going. But then eventually your body plateaus. Yeah. Eventually you have to change what you're doing. Plateau. Right. And then or, what, you're, what you're eating and you have to change what you start intaking calorie-wise. You have to, there's a bunch of things you have to change once you stop. Okay, yeah, initially you lose six pounds. Mm-hmm. But, but then, then the second while, you stop that diet and try and just eat normal again, yep. you'll gain 12 you'll pounds. Gain it, you'll gain it back. And yeah. sometimes even more. <laughs> so I think the name of the game – is consistency. Like I said earlier, I said consistency a lot. Consistency and adherence in, in anything fitness-related, especially in nutrition and diet and training, those things are so important. You have to be consistent and you have to be able to adhere to it. If not, you're not going to succeed. You're not going to see results. You're not going to achieve anything you want to achieve long-term. I like, say that's can good, you do that good advice in anything in life. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, in anything in life. But, you know, like... But if I'm, if I'm being honest with you, I don't see the indust- industry improving with nutrition because we have advertisement on TV, whereas there mm. used to not be advertisement for pills on TV for, I don't know, if you want Cialis or something right. or something mm-hmm. really random, you think, hey, I fall into that category, so I really need that. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to go ask my doctor for it. It takes people like you to talk about fitness and hey this is what you should be doing right so if they see this workout equipment on tv and realize the person using that workout equipment has ripped abs and they immediately buy that equipment and think they're gonna have that too right but same thing with supplement Mm -hmm. supplements too so i went it all i don't know with advertisement at what it is right now it's going to be hard for it to improve all the way around it's going to take people like you and others to talk about it more right and bringing it up and, it, and it's becoming more more notable in in the industry too for people that are saying look so this crap isn't working like this this stuff doesn't just automatically happen or this this stuff isn't necessarily the truth just because someone's selling something to you doesn't mean it's the right way yeah like you and, talked about earlier with creatine right if someone does not drink water they're screwed with yeah, creatine exactly their kidneys I mean, are busted there's not there's not and, it's, and creatine is actually one of the safest supplements to take of all the supplements, actually. and But like you said, if they're not drinking and not properly, adequately hydrating themselves, then yeah, it can be harmful you yeah. know, in, in large amounts. So but, it's going to take a lot of people like you. Yeah, to- and, and it's not like I'm dish, ditching on these, these advertising people, but you know, like, especially like you said, the abs thing, that's a good point. The people say, oh, buy this, buy this ab wheel and you'll get ripped abs. Like, no, like if you're eating like crap and you don't change what you're eating – and you're not including all of these other things involved in it. You're not just going to get abs from doing this ab wheel thing. Just that alone. That's not going to give you abs. Mm-hmm. Or like this, you know, the stair climber, treadmaster, whatever the crap it is. You know what? That's I'm, not going to give you abs. You know what I'm kind of hearing in a lot less exaggerated form. Hmm. I'm hearing you say, "Caution, hot coffee." 
Hmm. Right. Do you get my analogy? Yeah. Like, basically, we're telling people, like, you're telling people you're not going to lose weight if you just do that. Yeah. yeah. Or if you eat like crap and you do that, you're not going to lose weight. I feel like that's telling people the same thing. Like, that coffee's hot. It's kind of like common sense. But you, but you'd be amazed how it's a that will, hard. not a skill, though. It's a mm-hmm. want it's to. It's how thing. hard it, that is for people to get. But it's a want to, Jared. Yeah. It's no, not I agree. A, it's not a. It's hard for them to get. It's they don't want to get it. But they well, okay, not necessarily that they don't. That's where get you it. come in. They, That's where the yeah. fitness trainer comes in. That's where yeah. the daily motivator comes in because this person that I'm working with doesn't want necessarily to do this people work out for a variety of reasons like some for health some to make themselves feel better some to lose weight some to gain weight so people work out for a variety of reasons so it's a want to right what brings me to the gym what brings me to the organic food market what brings me away from mcdonald's whatever that's the problem right that's that's what's going on it's it's a mentality thing and that's why I said at the beginning that, whoa, 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 that psychologist was mm-hmm. probably the yeah. most important person on that panel, in my opinion. Right. Because working out, fitness, all this kind of stuff, it's will, man. It is. It's all willpower. And, and I, what I think is, is so important, to, what, I'm, what I'm trying to stress too, and I think a lot of other people are too, is that they're trying to say, look, you know, it's going to take a lot of will, but you can do it. You can do it. And it's not, I don't even think it's necessarily a lack of will. I think people have the will to do it, but they want a shortcut to do it. For sure, they don't want to. They don't want to put the work. They don't want to put the effort. They want to put the time into it. And they need someone to hold them accountable. And they need someone to do that to not take the shortcut. And so I think that's where a lot of these things, a lot of this convolution comes from, is because people aren't explaining enough that say, "Hey, look, it's going to take a lot. Like this. Okay, here's our shortcut." But that's that's not what the reality of it is. Like it's it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of different things involved with it, and it's hard. It's not easy. And different people's bodies react differently to different nutrition right. programs and things yeah. like that. So, I, I mean, <clears throat> I think that it's your the field that you are striving to be in is a very worthwhile, very necessary. Right. You've got a market of people that definitely are going to be clients and what i and what i and what i tell people even talking about nutrition or anything like that or even like when it comes to you know weight training and, and programming and stuff like that every body is different every body mm-hmm. and that, i stress that to them i say you know what works for me might not necessarily work for you so find what works for you if if you can i i can eat i can get away with eating 2500 calories a day and not gaining weight and and maintaining not everybody can do that that's just how my my body has become able to function at that those that many calories a day. But there's also different measurements to take and find out that okay, here are my maintenance maintenance calories. And so, like, what again? I stress to people too is like, what works for you won't work for me, and what works for me won't necessarily work for you. You have to, it's a lot of fitness and a lot of nutrition and a lot of the, this kind of stuff is trial and error. It's an incredible amount for of trial sure. and error. And because so, it, it's it's I've been involved in in fitness and in training off and on since I was about fifteen. I stopped for about two years, but consistently I've been at back back at it for about a year, and I've had to relearn my body completely. So if you had to, I don't know, like in summation, say a couple sentences about just fitness, healthy lifestyle, diet, whatever. How would you sum it up for somebody? I would say to someone, I say, I would say, find what works for you, be consistent at it, 
find something that you can be adherent to and understand that it's going to take a lot, but you can achieve it. It's going to take work, but you can do it. And and I, and I would advise people to to look into not even you don't have to become an expert, but at least study and research a little bit about nutrition, and and look into what calories do for your body and what fats, what carbohydrates, what proteins do for your body and what those things actually function in your body, what they do for you. At least learn that, and and you'll be so far ahead of the game as far as controlling your body composition and and your weight and normalizing those things and. And understanding that a diet is not the way to go. It you still need to enjoy your life. So do th- you know if you're out eating with somebody, don't you don't have to not eat dessert or you know whatever. Just things like that. Have a drink every now and then. You know, at a bar. If you're out with friends at a bar, have a drink every now and then. That's good advice. I like that. That's really good advice. So do all that, but yeah. first, but first, this would be my advice. Look up and understand the definition of insanity. Understanding that doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is what drives people crazy when it comes Mm -hmm. to fitness lifestyles, to diets and that kind of thing. So um, understand that sometimes you need to reach out for help and that's where old... That's Jared, where, you that's come where in. people like me and and and, and Jared K Fitness and is going to have a job. And there's tons of other people <laughs> out there that are like me that are much more and much more experienced and much more intelligent than I am. So if I can't provide something for you, go to somebody else. Don't don't feel like just because one person says something, if you still have questions about something, you still have concern about something, ask another person. You know, right. and there's there's an, an incredible amount of knowledge out there. You just have to look for it a little bit. It's not too hard. Right. That was so, awesome, man. That was a good top. Good I like stuff. that a lot. So we're going to move on to our van top, right? Van top. Two top. Van top. So van top. We're going van to, top. We're going to tackle this together, okay? Um, Omni is what we called it. Uh, anyone in the business world might understand what Omni means. It's uh, online channel, online sales, um, Omni direct, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of different terms mm-hmm. for online sales. But we wanted to talk about... Uh, just it's kind of a part of our daily lives but uh online sales versus say like going to a mall kind of like the topic of why some statistics behind um online sales online sale growth reasons for people shopping online those kinds of things and then uh, kind of our opinion um on why and all that so anyway here we go uh online sales okay so here we i got statistics for days, but <laughs> I mean, I'm talking for days. So just basically in general, year over year sales are growing in online sales, but it's hard for businesses truly to capitalize on those extra channels. And one main way that they're trying to do it is by targeting or quote unquote, ready to buy audience through these types of statistics. So who to market to, when to market to them, those types of things. So of all online shopping, of all online shopping is done through branded stores and 45% of it is done through marketplaces. Okay. Mm. Of that 45%, Amazon takes 36% of it. Wow. I was just about to ask how much Amazon was. 36%. Wow. Of Of all branded online shopping is what you're saying. Of all marketplace online shopping. So like I could go to say walmart.com or I could go to Amazon, Amazon and eBay are considered marketplaces, gotcha. that type of thing. Um, eBay carries 8% versus Amazon's 36 
I can't believe eBay is that high though. And even uh, and Etsy and some others that are listed is around like one yeah. percent. Mm. Wow. So all the all of the other marketplaces that you can think of that I'm sure, I mean, you know, like we were talking about Silk Road. Silk Road was a marketplace. So it was like that dark net marketplace where you could buy anything, just like wow. Uh, Amazon. Wow. So that's that's one of them. Um, one thing that that was really interesting for me considering the age that we're in is word of mouth advertising for online sales is twice as effective as actual advertising like the millions and billions of dollars that are spent on advertising is nothing as powerful as me buying a treadmill and then going to all of you guys and saying yo i bought this treadmill this brand is amazing Mm -hmm. that type of thing it's better than any that's why companies probably have so many offers of like hey get your friend to join up and we'll give you a hundred dollars because testimony is probably the best thing that you can possibly have. Yeah, that's, what, that's what he's saying. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. That's incredible. Telling your buddy is bigger than them running an ad campaign. Or think about just holiday shopping easily. Like, hey, I bought my daughter this toy. You guys, If you guys are looking for that same toy, yeah. this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, it's and it's going to work a lot better than a commercial that I would see of mm-hmm. said yeah. toy. So, um, so in America, 51% of people prefer shopping online versus going in a store like literally prefer it's it. already up to 50 it's already wow. over 5149 man 5149 is that you think that's like total po- so even like the elderly that just don't even care about computers <laughs> like better question total- is was the survey done online yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it was that's a good one 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 further stat to that E-commerce is growing okay so transactions grow about 23% year over year Nice. Okay. Oh. But the average sale has only grown 0.2%. So it's not like people are spending more money, oh my, but yeah. transaction growth is way outpacing revenue. But mm. That just shows that they're just changing the place they're shopping, not their shopping habits, just the place they do it. Let me let me ask you something, Wade. When you, I mean, all, all of you guys are obviously involved in retail. I used to be myself, but... Do you think that has to do anything with more of a societal thing? Like, do you think that's because now people are just... I think it's a generational it's a, thing. A, you think so? Yeah, and I'll have some stats to kind of go behind that. It's kind of to con- show you that it's it's a generational swing, and that's why mm. we're already there. I mean, hell, how long has Amazon been around? Hmm. Not as long as eBay, right? No, no. Okay, and it's already dwarfed eBay? Yeah. I mean, eBay used to be king of the internet shopping, you mm-hmm. know? And then Craigslist came around, and it kind of took a little jab at eBay. Yeah. And then Amazon came around and was the giant that stomped on it, you know? Yeah. Like, just crazy. Do you, hold but, on, one, one more thing, sorry. Um, do you think that, do you think it's more of a, it's a generational thing, or do you think it's more of a, just a convenience thing? Because, I mean, when I was a kid, well, let's go out to the mall, let's get mom to give me some money so I can go buy something. Like, I don't know. It's me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna answer that question. I was just curious. Sorry, sorry. Because no, no, no. That's that's a very good reason as to. uh, We're gonna talk about that. Okay. Okay? Fair enough. There's there's definitely some reasons why people are avoiding malls, and I don't think convenience is the only one. So, um, anyway, uh, of all American small businesses, 46% of them don't even have a website. So, understanding that just the stats that I've said so far. 51% 51% of the popu- of the shopping population shops online, half of them, and almost half of American small businesses don't have a website, don't have an operating functional website to sell 
their goods to market their services, those kinds of things. So that would be probably a lot of the smaller businesses, right? Yeah, small. I mean, it, it, they were categorized as small businesses, right? Because mm-hmm. so, I mean, you just don't find a store that doesn't have a website these days. Mm-hmm. It have to be like small businesses for sure. I mean, especially people that sell goods. They don't have the resources probably to set up a big omni-channel merchandise system. Right. You know, that probably has a lot to do with it for a small business. So this is something that we can kind of dive back into Jared's question a little bit and expand on it. But the top three factors that make people shop online versus in a store. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, I was kind of surprised by them, to be honest with you. Price was number one. Yeah. 87% of people said they shopped online for price of things. Okay. Um, Really? Yeah. I have a great example. Okay, that that could work with Amazon, but if I'm thinking retail store, uh, all right, maybe it's just a, a thought. Maybe it's kind of a little bit of a Where misconception thinking, that yeah, you're going to get a better cheaper deal online than yeah. if I go walk in the store maybe. and grab it. Right. Well, that's I, that's definitely. I brought true. this up before when we were talking earlier today. You said the price thing, and I said, "Well, perfect example." I went to go get a new cell phone the other day, and they said, "Do you want a phone case to go with it?" I said, "Yeah, I want a life proof case." He's like, all right. I said, like, what are they? Eighty nine ninety nine. I said, oh, crap. I was like, and I, I'm an Amazon user. I've mentioned that before. And I pull up my phone, and they're freaking fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. On Amazon, and I'm just like, bro, like, yeah, they're, that's they're fifty nine ninety nine. And he was, I mean, he was legit. He was like, oh, we'll just price adjust. We'll match online. You're no, good. that's why I see it working. But I'm thinking of but other that's stores. A big difference. Where, yeah. No, it's a huge difference. But I'm thinking of other other stores where it's not necessarily convenient as far as price goes because they throw in shipping and then shipping could cost so much and because of whatever state you live in let's choose tennessee for mm-hmm. instance your tax will even go up even higher too so I it's like how much is your discount actually making for you so like, when i'm thinking of ebay amazon stuff like that yeah price no brainer yeah price is gonna be cheaper one thing that you guys aren't gonna hear me say in these top three is convenience Guys, that shocked the hell out of me. First really? of all, but so the eighty-seven percent answered that price. Eighty percent of them answered that the shipping cost and/or the speed of getting it. Speed okay. is true. And then seventy-one <clears> percent <throat> said discount offers. So that I don't understand. As well. So I don't know. Buy online, get twenty percent off today. Correct. Yeah. Or bundle type offers. Those types of things that just are everywhere online. That you know they happen once a month or once a quarter in stores. Those types of things. So let's expand on this for a second. Why are people avoiding malls? Why are people avoiding brick and mortar stores? I have an opinion, having worked a good percentage of my adult life in brick and mortar retail stores, that the degenerative quality of customer service over the last, say, 10 years, Mm -hmm. um, the ability to have a face-to-face conversation with people, um, has gone down. That's, yeah. You flush that down the toilet these days. I think people don't want to deal with mouth breathers. I think that mm-hmm. that's a, that's a lot. It's a big part of it. I would rather be able to sit in my own home and order this than have to go deal with you. Um, so I got into an argument with a lady at Walgreens. Did I tell you about the Walgreens story? Did I tell uh, I, you? Always I, have you a tell me Walgreens this might be a good one. I, yeah, I, let me. Yeah, you that. always have a Walgreens Jesus. story, but I haven't heard. Oh man, I went. I went to go get a. Uh, Red prescription Bull? filled oh, and my, my. um I, I hand the guy the thing yeah you did tell me and he's like okay yeah you're gonna wait on it yeah it'll be 20 25 minutes whatever yeah okay thanks man i'll be sitting right here 20 minutes or so go by and they call me up there and they're like i'm um, sorry 
something's up. We're not going to be able to fill it until tomorrow. Uh, the dating on it, whatever. And I was like, okay, I don't really understand. So now you're telling me I need to come back tomorrow after I've been sitting here for 25 minutes? I'm a little agitated. Yeah. And the pharmacist decides to pop her redneck head around the corner and say, Uh-oh. or I could just not fill it at all. Oh, no. Dude, I lost my ever-loving mind. Why? I was wearing basketball shorts and a shirt, and I probably had lines on my face from my pillow. I had just woken up. My wife was like, I need you to see if you can get this filled for me. So I went and did it, and I went crazy on the lady. I said, I'm sure I don't look like much right now, but I can promise you I'll never be back. You know why your store is empty right now? You know why online pharmacies are booming right now? It's because of you. Nobody wants to come in here and deal with people like you. I work in a mall, and I've worked in a mall forever. And you know why people are abandoning malls? Because of people like you, not because of people like me. People want to avoid people like you. And it it was – Oh, and I said it it all very, very directly and very much like – what's your name? Emily? All right. People are avoiding Emily's of the world is what we're doing. (laughs) That's why online shopping is going this direction. So – yeah, I just roasted Emily at Walgreens, but um, <laughs> she earned it. That she and to it. me, it was a microcosm of what's going on in my daily industry of yeah. what I see. If I go walk my mall, I'm not going to say on the air where I work, but if I go walk my mall, I can tell you it's a shitty experience. It is an awful, awful experience. Mm-hmm. It's true. I had mentioned before, again when we were talking earlier, like the desperation because you know all these companies. All these major retailers, they they see it. They see their numbers. They see their omni-channel side of things growing. Maybe some of them do. But then they also see their brick-and-mortar sales decreasing. Mm. And it's what are they doing, okay? So, of course, they're going to uh, you know, push their online sales, but they also have to keep their brick-and-mortar stores open. So what do they do? They throw down initiatives of, like, like I need you to do this and this and this and this and this and this and check this box and do all these things. And what does that make the employees of those stores do is they turn into just the craziest people you've ever had to deal with. Like, like robots. Like uh, uh, this girl I, I, that I know, she, she was telling about her experience of going to a certain retailer. And she said that they literally just hawked her to death. Like walked in the door and they probably said 25 sentences to her about everything they had on sale and this and that and this and try this and blah, blah, blah. And she couldn't get away from her. And she's like... And, I, and that's a perfect example of the desperation of course that, yeah. of these retailers like putting down all these things on these people to try and do it and it's actually a negative effect desperation is a very great word to use for it because yeah. people are feeling that our sales are bad our this yeah. this is down traffic's down so the people that we do have man we better and desperation is an incredibly unattractive and that's the it thing that is. when people have that option of sitting at home in their underwear or coming and dealing with your dumb ass like that's that's where you know you and I were talking about this is a huge angle for this topic. What is it that that we try to do a little yeah. differently so that way it's not the robotic thing, you know? You and I've talked a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And no, like mindsets when, and whenever like you're that. going into a store, you kind of want to feel at home cuz you're obviously let's take clothes for example. You're obviously going to want to try on the clothes if you don't know how they're going to fit. That's a advantage you have compared to online shopping where you don't get to try it on right away because um, if you order it, you're going to have to send it back if it doesn't fit well. But when you go into the store, you can try it on and whatnot. So you want to be treated fairly and nicely. But I don't know. For me, when it comes to online shopping, 
a lot of it has to do with convenience because my stores aren't near me. Though a lot of the stores that I would like to get something from aren't necessarily near me when it comes to clothing, like branding and those types of. Branding. Yeah, I don't. I don't have it near me. And the other thing is, a lot of my sports teams aren't represented um, locally. So mm-hmm. I'm a big Toronto fan. So I have to or- anything I want Toronto wise. I have to order and. It's totally fine with me. I don't know other people who I'm I'm assuming there's other people in that spot too, but not many according to this survey done with the top 3. Yeah, and it, the thing that a lot of people that work in those environments forget is the the obvious, like I said, the other choice that people have that they could make. They obviously made this choice, but they don't think of it this way, man. You have to remind people why they chose to come to your store. Mm-hmm. You have to remind them of it. This is why you chose to get into your car and come to my store as opposed to stay home. This is why. Either this funny conversation we're having or this, you know, whatever. And and a lot of leaders in retail don't think of it that way. They they think of it like the way Hayden said, check this box. Another another good example that Hayden was talking about, even just we're talking about desperation, Mike like I was in Best Buy the other day. Oh, they're the worst. Oh my god. Those blue shirts come at you. Dude, I'm I'm commission just, makes like it worse. My commission man, makes it worse. It's like my man, I'm just looking at camera stuff. I'm looking at camera gear. Like I'm fourteen people have come and asked me the same question in the last two minutes. Like, get off me. See, and this wasn't an issue back like, twenty years ago. <laughs> people just dealt with the the shitty salesperson. Yeah. You know? Or they just went to the manager and because complained you about it. Had him. to. Nowadays, people don't even take the time to complain to the manager about them. They walk out the store without saying a word, and they tell all of their all, friends yeah. the word of mouth thing I said at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yep. They tell all of their friends, and then poof, no wonder the mall's empty. Poof, no wonder people are – Walmart's still making the same amount of money that they were making before right. if you take their omni-channel and their store sales. But they're just losing it. Like I said, 9% a quarter – Nine percent more transactions every single quarter throughout all of 2016. Online transactions went up nine percent for four consecutive quarters. People are fleeing brick and mortar yeah. stores wow. because of people like Emily that I described earlier, and Leo, I, that that is my take on it. When I'm talking about um, grocery shopping, and I've had I've had two different stories that I've heard, um, but for some people. It's difficult for them to go in a store at whatever time of day because they get profiled for whatever wow, reason. Yep. And that makes it even more difficult. I'm not saying Things they're like carrying that. around a backpack that looks suspicious or a deep purse or whatnot, but they'll get profiled. So what you just said is actually so incredible and, and very – do you know that that's where all of this started? So what do you guys know where like the first thing you ordered things from – Way back in the day, do you guys know catalogs? The Sears catalog yeah. was one of the very Penny's. first things. Yeah. Do you know the guy that put together the Sears catalog? East Bay. Do you know why he did it? East Bay because he tr- was treated like crap. Or no, because he wanted he... black people to be able to shop and buy the same things as white people without being discriminated against. Yeah. So that's how the Sears Roebuck calendar uh, yep. catalog they, started. That's and, huge, and their business exploded from. Oh, it that because, catalog was uh, because you know there's plenty of, of you know at black families out there that had the money. To buy those things, but they couldn't go to the same store. And it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter how. I guess I should say we. It doesn't matter how we dress because we might still get profiled 
for whatever yeah, we're buying. Yeah, There's a story I know, not as someone who's black, but someone who um, was from the Middle East, and they had had two cart carts full of groceries, obviously that you can't buy online because you can't buy produce online. And then the lady who's ringing up said that she wouldn't do the transaction because she looked like a terrorist. Wow. God. So then the lady wow. leaves her carts there and walks out of the store and goes on to the next grocery store, even if it's about five miles down the road. You know. So, yeah, customer service definitely has to change if this is ever going to get back to maybe 50-50. But, but see, I, I don't know that people have the want to to make it change because no. there are a lot of places that have the attitude. There are a lot of places in our all of our very <clears throat> malls or workplaces that they have people that work in those malls that are like, get out of my store and go shop online. Yeah. Get out of here. I don't yeah. want to talk to you when we are like in the total opposite. So it's mm-hmm. just, we're, we're fighting a war against ourselves in terms of that. So I, I don't want to say the word war. That's, I hate when that word is, you know, used out of context. Mm-hmm. We're, we're fighting a fight with other stores. It's definitely a battle. So, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, a customer service in general is just kind of going down. Like you were saying, like it doesn't even matter if it's groceries or retail or anything like that. I mean, I worked, um, you know, I don't have no problem saying. It. I mean, I work, I work for Starbucks for a little while, and the one thing I will I will save credit to to that company specifically is that they drilled home. I mean, in our brains from first day on training, they said, "Hey, look, take care of your customers because they are they are that's what matters." Like, make sure that you're you're taking care of your customers. Period. In that's a why, sense, it doesn't matter what it is. That's why they do the the little quibs with. Like writing your name incorrectly, well, and making it, it, it doesn't funny even, it does, you know, like it does, but it doesn't. It's just little <laughs> things. It's like little things like that. I mean, and but it happens. Like it doesn't matter how much you get drilled into your head that hey, look, you need a customer. Like your customers always will come first. You need to take care of them. I think there's always. It's just like you said. It's a degenerative thing. Like you know, I've had plenty of people tell me that other stores and they've had horror stories from this store and blah 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 blah. So I mean, it's it's everywhere. I mean, I it's not just it's not just in retail. It's not just in you know, groceries or anything, and it's the same thing. I mean, and I've seen I've seen it firsthand where people have mistreated customers, like you said, with the profiling thing, just because who they are. See, and it, I just listening to all of our commentary about it. Uh, it <laughs> convenience is not it's not on there. The, actually, it's mm-hmm. not anywhere there. I will you know? say, like, I, w- I mean, the, in the fifty one percent of Americans that say it's the best way to shop, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Well, you know, I. The, I got a lot more numbers. There are it, okay. It's just not the biggest percentage, but convenience has to be on. There. I, I agree. I'm sure. I'm 100%. sure. It's, you know, it's just not the biggest. It did like for me. It didn't I'll, break seventy percent. So for me, the two things are price and convenience. Yeah, because I live a solid forty minutes from a, a lot of the big retailing things. If you ever, if I ever needed something like, you know, for example, for the podcast here, if I needed a specific cable for one of our pieces of equipment. I'd have to drive 40 minutes to go get it. Right. Or I could do Amazon Prime, get that cable for $6 cheaper, and it's second-day shipping right. on my doorstep. Right. That's price and convenience. Inconvenience. Like, yeah. And those are the two big ones for me. And then if it doesn't work, Prime offers free returns. So, uh, you know, other than the fact that if I needed it right this second, I'd have to drive that 40 minutes into town and to go get that thing, But or I could just be patient and wait a day and a half. Well. And it would be on my doorstep for cheaper. Well, that, sorry. There's one other thing I want to say too, real quick. I think it can. Well, sorry, you, you can go ahead. No, wait. I'm gonna say. I'll say it real quick. Um, but I think it's convenient. I think not only for situations like you, Hayden. That that that's that situation for a lot of people. 
nowadays. But I think it also has a lot to do with just the sheer, oh, I don't have to get out and drive five minutes down my road. I think it's just – I think it's a little bit of laziness that is set in too. Not even necessarily convenience. I think a little bit has to do with laziness. Laziness is harsh, yo. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't call it that. Well, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> maybe, maybe, maybe laziness is the wrong word, but I think it, I think some of it has to do with that. Honestly, and I mean, not it's definitely the minority of of the of those percentages of convenience. If you had to rate them, but I think it has something to do with it too, as well. I think it's mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a sociological thing. It's what's the most logical way to get the thing that you need, and rationalizing it in your own brain, and what comes up to be the best answer. And for most people, it's ordering it online. Yeah. And the younger that's, you go, the more people are going to say ordering it online because the the stats go as follows: sixty seven percent, or two out of three millennials, would rather shop online than in the store. Fifty percent, fifty two percent of Gen X, forty one percent of baby boomers, twenty five percent of seniors. Hmm. So wow. you so saw still twenty five percent of seniors. Jeez. Yeah. So, I mean, you saw it rapidly, rapidly goes down. I think it's a generational, you know, kind of like well, I was yeah. saying, it's a little bit of a generational thing. It's just different. Um, a couple more numbers that we can go on. Parents. So, Hayden, you and I, parents, yeah. you know, it was shopping for our kids. Parents spend 75% more time shopping online than non-parents and spend 61% more online than non-parents. Mm-hmm. Totally makes sense. Because well, that makes, that sense. makes sense to you? Even down to the yeah. thing I mentioned before of the convenience and the price. Like, when you got a baby, budget's tight. Usually, yeah. <laughs> and B, you want to spend time at home with your kid, and not have to go out and drive around for three hours to go get something from the well, store. Well, speaking of that, you say the word budget. Americans spend sixty-four percent of their budget still in stores. Thirty-six percent of their budget is spent online. So, wow. still, even though the stats and the percentages are swinging in the favor of online, the still majority of the money that's being spent is being spent in stores. So, wow. that is a stat that cannot be ignored, people. When it comes to the service that we are trying to give people, yeah. they are still spending their money in the stores. Right. We are losing the transactions at a 9% clip per quarter to .com because people refuse to stop being shitheads to each other. Yeah, I agree. So it's, it's crazy. Um, okay, a couple more stats about uh, this and we can move on. Men, this is crazy, blew my mind. Men spend about 30% more money online. Than women, you would think it's that, the other way around. Well, I mean, because that, of the that stereotypical sense. thing about women being shoppers yeah. and well, shopaholics and all that, but which is just flat out isn't true when it comes yeah. to online shopping. That's just one of the stats that swings in. That doesn't favor. blow my mind. But to me, yeah, at all, me I'm me thinking. Either. I'm thinking equipment wise that the stuff that men buy. I'm thinking TV wise, mm. men buying. I'm thinking appliances that men are buying. That that's the only reason why they would stay. But listen to it's, this: women are a lot more couth about it than than men are in that one 51 versus 37 percent women find it more enjoyable women invest more time in it than men Mm. and women find better deals than men almost 20 percent i will say this i'm I'm the guy that'll just be like all right let me just order this real quick and dan's like hold on let me see if i can find a coupon yeah 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 (laughs) that's the thing men were 25 percent more likely to impulse buy something than women were. Yeah. Men also more likely to buy something when drunk than women are. Like <laughs> like five times more likely. Five so times. Wow. Yes. Uh, Man. So I didn't think that would be the number. I'm trying to think of all the things that I've ordered after I've had a few beers. And, well, and 
You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like the common misconception that women get into more car accidents than men do. But the more expensive ones, like, but men tend to get in more car accidents and they tend to get in more expensive car accidents because we're, we're just hasty about that's kind of like the thing with swearing you know men swear more often at work like more frequently but the women that swear there's more of them that swear yeah does that make sense that makes sense like if there's a saying. if there's a room full of men and women there's going to be a few men swearing but swearing a lot mm. and there's going to be a lot of women swearing just swearing a little right does that make sense mm. it's kind of Kind of interesting, funny stat that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Here we go with a couple more. Um, even though they're closer to actual stores, citizens of metropolitan areas spend approximately two hundred dollars annually more than citizens from rural areas. That you makes would no think sense. that rural what? rural citizens would spend more online because they're sixty miles from the grocery store or whatever. They don't have a mall yeah, like me, like me. four hours yeah. away. But. Metropolitan citizens, a lot of times metropolitan citizens are a younger age, people that live downtown, things like that, mm-hmm. older. Well, I'm also thinking of the style of clothes that they wear and True. everything because <clears throat> these people are still willing to pay for shoes that are only available online or something specific that's only available online. So it makes sense. So sticking with the suburban, urban, and rural people, suburban shoppers uh, 63% of them say that shipping costs is their least favorite part of shopping online. But check out the rural the rural people. I think you know this. I think I, I slipped it to you. What would you guess is someone that lives like in a rural area would be their number one concern shopping online? Well, I mean, how about privacy? Really? Privacy. That how was about, not that was not the first thing that came to mind. Why the hell, I, why the hell you think they sense. live 60 miles out of the out in, of the city limits? It's crazy. I never even thought when I saw like, it. I was like, dude, that makes never, so much sense. Yeah. Makes so much in sense. In a million years Because immediately that. when you think about why shop online, right. convenient. That's the first thing that comes to your mind. But if you start digging in it and you start peeling the layers back, you're like, "Wait a second. It's not just because of convenience." So Pretty neat. Uh, frequency of online shoppers. People say 95% of uh, online shoppers say they shop yearly, 80% monthly, 30% say they shop weekly, and 5% say they shop every day online. They buy something every day. I bet that 95 is Christmas shopping. Oh, God, yeah. 25% <laughs> of people said that they have ordered something online from a store while inside that store. <laughs> One in four people, and this does not include them That's coming up so to the register and ordering it and talking ordering about ordering it, it on their phone while they say. are in a store. They see it, they touch it, they feel it, then they order it and online. Order. Um, 43% of people say that they have ordered something while in bed. 23% yep. yeah, have God, ordered yeah. from the office or work. This yeah. one was, I thought, relatively high. 20% of people said that they have ordered something from the bathroom or their car. That's fair. I've done that before. One in five people. Have or have ordered something online while taking a piss. I've done it or shit or shit. Yeah, I guess that's. Well, I mean, I've I've done. I mean, I'm no, easier to do it. Than no lie. I've, yeah, I was just say no lie. Hand. No lie. No lie. I've ordered stuff while taking a shit before. So I, I mean, mean, that's. I mean, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. Even your time is money, and one click buying is very easy. It's true. I mean, <laughs> so I I'm mean, saving my favorite stat for the last. So let me run into a couple more. Forty nine percent of shoppers say that not being able to touch feel or try it is their least favorite part of shopping online we talked about that in episode one with the treadmill and thing your elliptical that kind of thing you were the dude that went to tried out your elliptical and then ordered it online i 
You, you were I, one of those 25%, aren't you? I, I yeah. laughed really hard at that part, I must say. That you you took the time to go to Dick's, and you're like, okay, this is good. I like that. And then you order online. Well, I thought that what was, it, was, was it a cheaper price, sense. though? Yeah, it makes total sense, My though. My reasoning before, it was cheaper on Amazon Prime, and it was free shipping delivery yeah. to our house. Otherwise, if we bought it at Dick's, we had to pay them for shipping or go borrow my dad's truck or something to go haul it in the back and then have to take it home. And, it's a hassle. You know, it was just so much more work involved. Otherwise... But when I did it on Prime, it was free delivery, and two dudes come with a the truck. They even say, where are you want me to put it down? And they took it to the room I was going to set it up in and set it on the floor for me. And that was free shipping and cheaper. Like, what was I supposed to do? No, I mean, like, you know, that's, what's, that's what makes, makes it hard for some people on this. Like, for me especially. Like, that, with me thinking logically on, like, what makes the most sense for my budget and for what I need. I'm for sure. There, I'm sitting there going... And what's what? the store trying to do to combat this? Nothing? Okay, well, cool. Well, then I got to go with that. Yeah. I, I mean, mean that's, that's that's why price match, and that's what that, how that came a thing. But What was the difference in the price, just real quick? I oh, it was like know. 50 bucks or oh, something okay. like so that. Oh, okay. But nothing free shipping dr- and delivery. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. delivery was everything. I was yeah. just curious what the actual price was, because, you know, like, oh, we'll price match it. And they're like, oh, I bet it's 50 Yeah, and bucks, it was Amazon so. Prime. We're talking about a thing that weighed 350 yeah. pounds yeah. that was free delivery. No okay. kidding. That kind of thing doesn't isn't cheap. That's like the actual shipping on something like that's like fifty, sixty dollars at least. Like it was crazy. So a couple more concerns or just in general stats. Seventy eight percent of people said that they wanted more pictures of the items they were buying. Mm-hmm. So interesting take right there. You know, I mean everybody wants a different angle or a 360 swivel view of whatever. I like um, a lot of pictures when I'm ordering something. That's something that, I mean, eight out of 10 people that shop online say, give me more pictures. You could never have enough pictures of your product yeah. basically. So keep these things in mind, yeah. you know, never have enough pictures and 70% wanted more reviews. So you could mm-hmm. never have enough published reviews. Now, obviously nobody really wants bad reviews up there because mm-hmm. of the negative impact, but People are, have stated that they would rather read a couple of good and a couple of bad than none at all. Because you're getting both sides because of the story. Because they're getting information. Word, this word of mouth advertising yeah. that we talked about, you can get the word of mouth from someone you don't even know. And it's a lot more impactful than an ad you watch on TV mm-hmm. or be, a spot you hear on the radio. I, I have to gauge those, too. Because sometimes you hear people's negative comments. I'm like, this guy's an idiot. He yeah. doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> about. <Right>. Like. <laughs> I've done like, that with, that's not even what you use that for, you dummy. Forty-two percent of people have made a purchase they regret. Twenty-one percent of people say they've bought something on accident, meaning they put it in their cart, thought it was out of the cart, and purchased it. Oh, hmm. okay. So I uh, I saw a headline the other day. You're gonna this goes right in line with that. So apparently Amazon paid out seventy, like I think it was seventy million dollars in refunds for accidental purchases by children oh wow because amazon prime the app like you can I, well it just depends if you set the security thing on but you know it, you can either have a little pin pin code or passcode or use your fingerprint scanner if you've got an iphone um but the one click buying that they have right you know they have it set up to where you can go to something one click buy it already has your card on file your shipping on file and boom it's on and its way it's a single literally just one button and $70 million in accidental purchases by one-click buying by children on their parents' wow. phone. Hmm. $70 million. That's a lot of money. That's a, that's that's a, a ton of money. 20%. But that's how many refunds they had to do with that reason code. Didn't mean to buy it. Wow. Jeez. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. The last stat I'm going to drop is something that we've talked about off-air at length as being an issue. 
34%, and I'm so surprised it's not higher, but 34% of people say that their most frustrating thing about shopping online is the difficulty to return the items. Hmm. So we have talked about, we deal with these things daily. We deal with these things all the time. Um, a lot of the issues we've been talking about, good and bad, we deal with. So what's the most annoying thing about returning something online? The amount of time it takes to yeah. get your money back. Why can't we figure out a system where we handle online returns for people? Why can't we? <laughs> I mean, why can't I show up at your door, pick it up for you, slide your card on an iPad, and give you your money back right there? Privacy. I mean, it's the same thing we just said. I mean, I think that would be that would be a that'd be a lot for some people. For most people, actually, probably people won't even slap a damn return label on it, rebag it, and put it in their damn mailbox because it's too much work. That's how lazy they have gotten with the return part of it. No, no, defense there. Is it lazy if they get in their car and drive to that brick-and-mortar store to return it? Or is it just that... No, I don't see that as lazy at all. No. I see that as them ambi- them being on a mission. They they want what they want. Like, who are we as the, the seller to tell the consumer you can't want what you want? The consumer wants what they want, so we need to give the consumer what they want, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody wants to come in and return it, I'll take your return. But the point is, people don't want to get in their car right, and drive yeah. to the mall and return it. People don't want to put it in their mailbox and have somebody come pick it up and then get their money back seven days later. Yeah. What people want is instant satisfaction. They want to be able to Google something and get the answer in two seconds. Yeah. They want this money back. So I want <laughs> – what I want is I want some ideas from our listeners. I want some feedback from our listeners. I would love to know – how clunky is it for someone to come to your house and pick up your online purchase and take care of it for you? You don't ever have to deal with it or think well, about just it ever again. Up, you just brought up that stat just a little bit ago of rural areas not wanting well, wanting privacy. They mm-hmm. want privacy, so they would really not want someone to come mm-hmm. to their house and pick that up. That's but, what I was saying. I think, but privacy, they trust so. that UPS or FedEx driver to bring if, it down there to them. Right? What True. if it was an Some appointment? Do. What if this person knew that I was coming to pick it up? I didn't just show up like a door-to-door salesman. Yeah, they set an appointment on an app on their phone that I had a driver come pick it up. I didn't even have to pick it up from them, really. If they don't want me to, they could leave it sitting next to the trash can if they wanted to. But the point of it is, is it's enough if if we're saying that half of online shoppers american online shoppers we'll say it's roughly 75 million people okay 75 million people because there's 350 million people in the country we'll say there's roughly 150 million of them that shop online that are okay. normal adults that shop okay mm-hmm. so we say 75 million of them are shopping online right um of that say that the difficulty to return is their number one bitch about it. But I'm thinking of... It's 30% of 75 million, hey, 21 million people. So that's a market for people that you can handle their returns. You brought up Etsy, though, at the beginning. There are some things like Etsy, I think another one, Zulily, all this kind of stuff where you really can't return the item. They'll, They'll have a special deal on it where it's like one-time buy, so you can't return it. Or Etsy, where you can actually custom make your item where, I don't know, girls get monograms on their clothes, and you can't return that because who are they going to sell it to? They have to wait till someone with your initials comes along (laughs) or something. So it's going to be hard for companies like that to see a return 
to start having a return policy, um, especially when an app, an app like or a website like Etsy has so many personal people making their own stuff and selling it. But what if you take it to the next level where it's not just online returns that you're handling? What if it's all returns, just returns, period, to where people, if they wanted to return something and they just return it and get their money back, they didn't have to move. Yeah. You would pick it up for them. They didn't have to go to the mall. They didn't have to do this or that. I guess what I'm saying is, is we either need to get more people into the mall or we need to be really smart and figure out this return thing. I heard someone that's much smarter than me bring this up, so I don't want to take credit for this. Um, Because if there were other people in the room that heard this person say it, they would be like, wait, that's not your idea. And I am readily admitting that it's not my idea, but I am on board with it. And I do think that the person that conquers the online return industry, if you want to call it that, is the next big thing in retail. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But here's one thing that wouldn't... It just seems like that would be a, such a, a such a shift and thing. So, do you, would you just close your brick and mortar stores altogether since you're running since you're making your returns? I mean, I, I there's, there's a lot of cycle. There's a so lot there of is, philosophy is, to that. Because see, that's what I'm wondering because like you, it feels like you're just propagating the the idea of like, oh, I'm not going to go into the store now to return this because a lot because you know a lot of people come in to return something but they want to exchange it for something. And a lot of that happens. Correct, and that's where we would be marketing to strictly return people, just to, return only customers. Really? Like, you just someone that just flat out wants their money back and they want it back today. You just want just okay for this. So you're saying just period. They just okay. I, I, don't, I, I get I don't what you're saying. I think that now. brick and mortar stores will ultimately go away. I feel like they will. They will hit a a, a plateau of of like a plateau a plateau. <laughs> <laughs> They'll hit a plateau. <laughs> Of like of low, you know what I mean? Like, because there's always there, you'll never get rid of the people that are just like hell bent on not buying something unless they've touched it. it. Yeah, I mean, so for me, I just think that we would raise our conversion rates in stores of people that walk in your door to people that actually are customers, people that actually spend money, the people that actually buy something. Yeah, and I think that there is nothing more contagious in the world than negativity. And I think that when we have all these floods of returns that are coming into stores that are making business owners and or people that are running the sales day negative, it's just downhill from there. Yeah. So you get all those people and you get them out of the mall totally, all together. They don't even have to deal with them. And here we go. So and then now you just have walkers and then people that actually might want to be buying something. I mean, people I mean that it makes are sense. in the mall for a purpose. Yeah. And I mean, as long as we can keep people coming to the mall for the right reasons and those types of things then you know we'll we'll keep our traffic i'm i'm not trying to discourage traffic from coming into any particular store what i'm trying to do is figure it out yeah. we obviously have these you know these things button heads so um i'm glad that we were able to cover that in that amount of time because <laughs> it could have been a lot longer yeah there's a lot to that there's so, a lot of and things was there anything else you wanted to add about it malcolm before we wrap it up the big thing for for either one of these, I guess for retail stores to stay properly in business, is for customer service to improve. Because for me, working in retail long enough, there are customers I look forward to just because of the connection I've been able to well, make with them. I think you should be- use a different word. Not customer service improve, but customer experience improve. Because that's like... Customer service, I feel like, is the word that gets convoluted with those people, like I said, that's the desperation salesperson. Yeah. They think that the more and more deals I throw at you and the more and more well, that's things not I customer, offer you. That's not customer service. Though. Right. No. Cu- yeah. The customer ser- 
the I'm just customers saying those get convoluted together. Yeah. No, the customer's experience def- definitely needs to improve, but that means customer service needs to be taught in a different yes. way. Yes. yes. Is what you're saying. Yes. So for me, <clears throat> I don't know, I kind of treat it like you would an old fashioned barbershop where you're going to your hairdresser or barber and talking to them about life and whatnot and they do all this with you and then pay you your money and then you're out of it. So there. glad you said barbershop. So glad you said barbershop. And I'm so glad you said experience. Yeah. I was just I was just about you to ask that. You are selling an experience yeah. to an online shopper when they walk into your store. Yes. Yeah. They are not buying anything different from you other than the experience. Yes. Because they can go home and buy that product without the experience. Mm-hmm. That is thank you guys. Thank you. That is something that's now in my brain, and that's we are selling experiences. Yeah, they they can get that not same ice cream. They can get that hamburgers. same item online. What's well, like? Just so, talk to people like they're other human beings. I mean, I think that's the, the bare bones of it. We're all humans at the end of the day. So, I mean, I, but so many businesses have gotten away from. I that. know, yep. and that's what's so. Fr- I mean, it's weird. But it's weird to hear someone thank you for that. Like, because it's such a thing. It's just so that should be common. Like you said, I mean, we talked about it earlier. Common sense. That's common sense. Treat humans as humans. But when and when it comes to customer service, I think that that's become such a it's a lost, lost thing. It's a, and it's a lost. I had art. someone thank me earlier because now I'm serving now, right? But you know, in between my you know before, as getting my certification and stuff like that. But someone thanks me. Yeah, thank you so much for your, for what you did. Your service was awesome. I said, okay, okay. like because I didn't know how to react to that because it's just I. Treated them like humans, and I took care of them. I don't know, because that's what I'm doing. I'm pro- I'm providing you an experience and a service eating in my restaurant. Well, hopefully we struck so, a chord with some people know, and we touched on it's some crazy. things that, you know, I'm sure some of our listeners have bought a couple thing or two online. I'm sure that they have a reason as to why they bought a th- that thing or two online or and or a good or bad story from a store that either kept them away or brought them back. So yeah. um, this is something that literally impacts everybody. Mm. Um, I hope that you guys have some feedback for us, any thoughts challenges otherwise hit us on our email um we want to remind everybody about our guest jared where that they can get him at where they can see our video that he's going to put on his youtube channel yes so jared one more time let's run through that before we depart right absolutely uh you can find me on youtube at jared naffle fit it's capital j capital k so it's jared k-n-a-f-f-l fit there's no underscores or anything like that in my youtube my instagram is jared naffle underscore fit all lowercase all that kind of stuff and on my Twitter is capital J, capital K, N-A-F-F-L, underscore fit on Twitter. Um, and also, the, talking about the Gem Monkey thing, um, at Gem Monkey, G-Y-M-N-O-M-N-M-O-N-K-E-E is how it's spelled. Go check them out on Instagram. Go give them a like. Go, go look at their products. And like I said, you can use NAFL15, my last name, all caps, for 15% off whatever you might want to buy. So there you go. Rock and roll. Hell yeah. Hell That's yeah. We're going to get us some gym monkey. <laughs> Go be a gym buy, monkey. Buy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks again, Jeremy. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, that was, was a lot of fun. A pleasure. I really appreciate it. Everybody, it. we're going to catch you on the next one. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, we love to hear your feedback. Do us a favor and go to your Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and click that like and follow button for all your episode updates and releases. Like us at The Big Red Van Podcast on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Big Red Van Pod. And as always, you can just send us an old fashioned email at TheBigRedVanPodcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks for listening, and it means the world. Just share us with a friend.